for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. Welcome you to Living Life. Today we get to jump into a new book, the book of First Peter. Now, Peter, of course, is Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. In fact, that's how the book begins. And this is Peter who had been with Jesus and he had learned from Jesus. He has memories of Jesus. And so, yes, he could think back of the time when he actually was Simon, the fisherman. And then Jesus called him to a life of discipleship. And he became Peter, right? The rock. And he became Peter, the apostle, and the leader in the early church. We can read about that in the book of Acts. But of course, Peter got to just see Jesus in all his glory there up on the Mount of Transfiguration. So, Peter was with James and John, and they got to see Jesus and also hear God the Father speak from heaven and say, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Well, boy, I'm sure that was a memory that he held on to. And Peter, I mean, at one point when Jesus asked the disciples, Well, who do you say that I am? Peter said, Thou art the Christ the son of the living God. And Peter just had an opportunity to just spend a lot of time with the Lord. And now he's going to write this letter to people who are somewhere between the Black Sea and the Mediterranean Sea. And there's a lot of persecution and troubles right now for the Christians. And so he's going to write this letter. So let's have ears to hear as the scripture is now read for us. First Peter chapter 1 verses 1 through 12. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to God's elect, exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. 
Though you have not seen him, you love him, and even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. So we see right away that the book of 1 Peter is written in such a way that it's very relevant for a church that is going through persecution. Well, it was important for the people that he was writing to because that's what they were experiencing there between the Black Sea and the Mediterranean Sea. At that time in the first century with the Roman Empire, there was a lot of trials and troubles for those that were followers of Christ. And so they had to make some decisions. Were they just simply going to quit? They were just going to throw away their faith so that they could have some kind of freedom there in the place where they were living? Or were they going to compromise some way to kind of bring various religions together and live that way? Or were they going to have no compromise where they were going to live strongly for the Lord? Their faith was going to be in Jesus, even if it meant that they would be imprisoned or even have to be a martyr. Well, as it's relevant for the people back then, I think it's very relevant for our time today. God wants his people, his elect, to be faithful to him. And I love the way that this scripture points out that we have a living hope. We see that in verse 3 where it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Well, yes, we serve a risen Savior, and we are born from above. We're born again. And as ones that are being born again, we need to learn how to live again. And so we want to stay strong and really follow the Lord and to get into His Word. And so what a wonderful thing we're doing here in these Living Life devotionals. Well, in verse 6, we see that it says, In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Well, we might say, well, what did you expect? Right? If we're followers of Jesus, and Jesus was one that had to experience a lot of grief, a lot of trials, a lot of suffering, if we're followers of him, then of course we're going to have to endure those things as well. I mean, when you look at the Lord, you can just see that throughout his life, he had people that just didn't understand him, mistreated him. I mean, his family didn't understand him. And the religious leaders, they actually plotted to 
kill him, to get rid of him. I think of the time like when they brought forward to Jesus this lady that was caught in the very act of adultery and they tried to trap Jesus. But he was able to just look at them and say, well, he who is without sin cast the first stone. And they didn't like that. And they left him, but they then were listening to his teaching. And at one point, they just looked at him and they said to him, well, we were not born of fornication. And what they were re revealing is their thoughts of, they know what Jesus is, you know, how he was born, that Mary had not yet been married when she got pregnant. And I'm sure that he had to live with those kind of thoughts and words spread throughout his life. But even more so, we know that they plotted to kill him. And in fact, they got to the point where Jesus then did go to the cross and he suffered and he died in our place. But we're just so thankful that as he did so, he did so as the perfect lamb of God. I mean, he was one who is obedient, even to the point of death, even death on a cross. And Peter was one who got to see Jesus throughout his life as Jesus taught, as he preached, as he healed, as he did his various services. But he also saw his Lord die in his place. And he has a love for the Lord. And he's writing now to people who also have a love for the Lord, but they had not seen Jesus in his earthly ministry. And yet we read like in verse 8, it says, though you have not seen him, you love him. Isn't that amazing? I mean, that's us today that we didn't see the Lord here on earth but we can love him. He can be the object of our love. And we want to be that kind of people that, yes, we're born again, but we learn to live again. And we learn from Jesus how to live and love and serve. And so we have this living hope with us as we travel on the road of transformation that God has set us upon. And yes, there's going to be times of trials. There's going to be troubles. I mean, Jesus had to face them. And so we too will have to. But we know that our Lord is with us each and every step of this journey. And that we can be forever thankful. And let's be thankful to God's glory and our joy. So as we close our Living Life devotion today, I like how Peter ends this particular passage with the idea that there are those that preach the gospel under the authority of the Holy Spirit. And it reminds me of the Prince of Preachers, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, who as he would go up to the pulpit, he said that he kept repeating the words, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. And, you know, it's important for preachers to be prepared as they step into the pulpit, but more importantly, that they would then not trust their preparations, but they would trust the Holy Spirit who inspires the Word of God 
and then can inspire them as they reveal the gospel of Jesus Christ, and then to inspire the listeners to hear the word and receive it with hearts that welcome the good news. Well, it was the prophets also that were uh, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And through that, they were able to say that the Messiah was going to suffer, but also that there would be the glories that would come to the Messiah. So they know that there was the cross and then the crown. There would be crucifixion and then there'd be resurrection. Let's pray. Well, Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for our new birth, for salvation that has come through our Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, as we endure various persecution and trials because of our faith, Lord, I ask that you would help us to endure, that Father, we would also live life in such a way that we would see your hand at work in our lives, that the Spirit of the living God would fall afresh upon us, leading us and guiding us each step on our spiritual journey. We thank you and praise you. In Christ's name, amen. Lord, I'm stepping in closer, see you.